And almost every time I've said that to him, this, this verse comes up on the inside of me. And it's this. Jesus said, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commands. So, when we tell him we love him, he says, if you really love me, you'll keep my commandments. So, could we conclude that keeping his commandments would be a way that we would prove that we love him? Because you see, talk, what's the old saying, talk is cheap? You know, anybody can say that they love the Lord, but keeping his commandments would be proof of it. And in verse 21 here in the Amplified, it says, Jesus said, the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And we could read the rest of the verse, but the point I'm trying to make for this message is the person who has my commands and keeps them, notice, and keeps them is the one who really loves me. What I want to talk to you today about is the commandments of the Lord. Now, when we say the commandments of the Lord, of course, most people, and rightly so, rightly so, think of the Ten Commandments. And let's see if we can list those. The first one is you'll have no other gods before me. The second one, you'll not make for yourself a graven image or an idol, you know. The third one, you'll not take the name of the Lord in vain. The fourth one is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Five would be honor your father and your mother. Six is you'll not murder. Seven, you'll not commit adultery. Eight, you'll not steal. Nine, you'll not bear false witness against your neighbor or you won't lie. And number 10, you'll not covet. Is that right? So when you talk about the commandments of the Lord, most of the time people think, and rightly so, of those 10. But what, what I feel I'm supposed to do today is talk to you about God's commandments through the eyes of Jesus and through the eyes of the New Testament. So let's take a few moments and look at the commandments of God through the eyes of Jesus and through the, the perspective of the New Testament. But before I do that, I have to do this so that nobody misunderstands. Now listen carefully. You need to understand that's, that a person cannot be saved by keeping God's commandments. Do, do you understand that? As wonderful as his commandments are, Keeping the commandments, the Bible is abundantly clear. Nobody has ever been saved. Miss hell, make heaven, you understand. Saved, that means you're not going to go to hell, you're going to go to heaven by keeping the commandments. Keeping God's commandments has never gotten anybody into heaven. Now you need to understand that. Look at Galatians 2 verse 16, if you would, in the New King James. And it's on the screen if you don't have it in front of you there. But Galatians 2 16, you need to understand this because this is a, this is a misconception. And you need to understand that nobody has ever went to heaven because they've kept the commandments. You need to understand that. 
Now, now a lot of people want to fight with you on that statement, but, and we could look at numerous verses along these lines, but look at Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man or a woman is not justified by the works of the law. We could say it this way. A person is not justified by keeping the commandments. The works of the law means keeping the commandments. So a person's not justified by the works of the law, but by what? By what? By what? Faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, Paul says. And then he says this, that we might be justified by what? By faith in Christ and not by the works of the law are keeping the commandments. So how do we get justified or how do we get declared righteous? How do we get to go to heaven? Is it by keeping the commandments or is it by faith in Jesus Christ? Faith in Jesus Christ. He said it's by faith in Christ and not the works of the law. And then he says this, for by, now watch this, for by the works of the law, or we could say it this way, for by keeping God's commandments, no flesh shall be what? Justified or or declared righteous. You need to understand that. Now, the reason that no one has ever gotten to go to heaven because of keeping the commandments is simply this. Because of when Adam and Eve sinned and they fell, they passed the sin nature down to all of us. And nobody that's ever lived other than Jesus can keep the commandments perfectly. It's not possible for you and me to even keep the commandments. You understand that? Now it's interesting. See, see, God made it so easy. He knew that none of us could keep the commandments. So if, if going to heaven was based on keeping the commandments, how many of you know we're all in trouble? Because none of us can keep all the commandments. But all of us can have faith in Jesus. And that's how you go to heaven. Now, it's interesting, and we won't turn to it for the sake of time, but the book of James, the book of James tells us, now listen to this, to break one of God's commands is equivalent to breaking them all. Now, we just read 10 of them. You know, you'll have no other gods before me and so forth. We read those 10. Did you know you could keep all nine of them, but if you missed one of them, you're guilty of all of them. Did, did you get that? That's the way God looks at it. You need to understand that. So you could, you could, you could keep nine of them, miss one, and it's equivalent to missing them all. It's kind of like this. Have you ever been in school and you, you had a test and maybe there was a hundred questions on it? And if you took that hundred question test and you got 99 of those questions correct, but you missed one. Now if I, when I was taking a test or as a teacher, when I gave a test, if, if I took a test and I got 99 out of 100, by golly, I'd be happy. I'd be jumping up and down because I made an A. But the way God looks at it on his test, if he gives you a 100-question test and you make 99 right and you miss one, you get F. Because it's equivalent to getting them all wrong. Because you see, God is perfect. He's perfection. And to measure up to his standard, you gotta get them all right. So missing one question with God is, out of a hundred, miss one, you get an F. 
Now that, because I'd think, well, I made an A, but with God, you made an F. See, with God, breaking one commandment is equivalent to being sentenced to hell for eternity. Now, if you think about that, that seems like that's really not fair. But there's good news. Somebody say there's good news. God, because he is fair and he is good, he sent Jesus to come and take the test for us. And Jesus, guess how many out of a hundred he got right? He got a hundred out of a hundred. He made a perfect score. And when we place our faith in him and trust him, God credits us with his perfect score. Isn't that wonderful? That's the grace of God, isn't it? And so when God writes our score down in his grade book, he doesn't look at our test paper. He looks at Jesus' test paper. Jesus made a 100. And because we're having faith in Jesus, God writes Jesus' 100 down in our, in our, in our place in the, in, the, in the grade book. Isn't that wonderful? See, so none of us can make a 100 on God's test, but all of us can have faith in Jesus. Is that right? Now, listen to this. We're talking about God's commandments here today. And we're going to look at them from the New Testament perspective. But I have to say this before I can get to that. Now, you know as well as I do, and speaking of the family feud, if you surveyed 100 people (laughs) on the street and asked them what they must do to go to heaven, you know as well as I do, what would be the number one answer? You must be a good person. Is that right? Now, there's nothing wrong with being a good person, but how many of you know none of us can be good enough in and of ourselves to meet God's standard? But yet the number one, the number one answer in that survey, people would say, you must be a good person. But we've already shown you that being a good person, even keeping 99 out of 100 of God's commandments, or however many commandments he has, there's more than the 10, but the, the 10 in the Old Testament is a summation of, of if you keep those 10, you've, you've, got, you've, you've kept them all, as far as the Old Testament is concerned. And, uh, but, but keeping all of them, you see, when people say, well, if you're a good person, you get to go to heaven, nobody can be good enough. Is that right? So, so, so there's a, there, there's a big, 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 big problem with, if you surveyed a hundred people, what, what must you do to go to heaven? What are they, most of them going to say? Good person. But we've shown you from the Bible, being a good person won't put you in heaven, will it? Being a good person won't put you in heaven. What puts you in heaven? Faith in Jesus. But now I want you to think of a coin here. How many sides does a coin have? Now on one side of the coin that we're looking at here is, what's the number one answer people would give? What must I do to go to heaven? On the other side of that coin, what do we really know puts us in heaven? Faith in Jesus. And here's a problem that I have seen over the many years in church circles. Now listen carefully. And this has infiltrated much of the American Christianity, if you will, is 
I'm going to believe on Jesus. And how many of you know that's what gets you into heaven? You see, the one side of the coin is I'm going to keep the commandments and that's going to put me in heaven. And how many of you know it won't? But the other side of that coin is I'm going to have faith in Jesus. Now that does put you in heaven. But then here's the problem. The commandments really don't matter. As long as I have faith in Jesus, the commandments really don't matter. I can live however I want. I can do whatever I want. You see, the American Christianity has pretty well gone this way. I have faith in Jesus so I can live like the world. And you see why the nation is in the shape that, it, that it's in is the, 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 the sinners look at the Christians and they, and most of them, and they look at the Christians and say, there's not much difference between the way those Christians are living and the way I'm living. Because Christians will say, well, I have faith in Jesus, and that's right, that's good. But then they'll separate that and they'll say, well, the commandments, if I keep them, I keep them. If I don't, I don't. That's a bad attitude to have. It's wrong. But it's a big problem with American Christianity. Listen, friends, it's impossible to separate. Now, if you're taking notes, you need to get this and write this. It's impossible, say impossible. It's impossible to separate faith in Jesus Christ apart from keeping the commandments of God. Now, what puts you in heaven? Faith in Jesus or keeping the commandments? Faith in Jesus. Will keeping the commandments put you in heaven? No. Will they help get you there? No. Faith in Jesus is what gets you to heaven, but it's impossible to separate faith in Jesus apart from keeping God's commandments. Look, if you would, two verses really good on this. Revelation 12, 17. Look at this. Revelation 12, 17. Now look at this. Revelation 12, 17. It says the dragon, that's the devil, was enraged with the woman. Then this talking about God's people. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. That's God's people. Now notice what this next part says about God's people. Who keep, now who, now what do they do? They keep the commandments of God and have what? The testimony of Jesus Christ. Do you see that? There's two things going on in these people's lives. They're keeping the commandments of God and they're having the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, which of those two put them in heaven? The commandments, keeping the commandments, or the testimony of Jesus Christ? Testimony of Jesus Christ. But you can't separate faith in Jesus apart from keeping the commandments of God. So do you see that every Christian should have these two elements working in their life? First and foremost, you should have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And right along with that, you should be what? Keeping the commandments of God. Now, will keeping the commandments help get you into heaven? No. But if you're truly, if you truly have the testimony of Jesus you will be keeping the commandments. Do you understand that? You may mess up here and there along the way. 
when you mess up, isn't it good? You could repent and ask the Lord to forgive you and he will. But this business of, well, I have faith in Jesus, so the commandments, you know, whether I keep them or not, no big deal. That's not in line with the Bible. It just isn't. Look at Revelation 14, 12. Here's another one. Revelation 14, 12. Watch this. Here is the patience of the saints. Now, saints are saved people. Christians. Notice what, what do we learn about them? Here are those who what? Keep the commandments of God and what? The faith of Jesus. You see the two elements that these people have going on in their lives? They have faith in Jesus, but they're also what? Keeping the commandments of God. You cannot separate faith in Jesus apart from keeping the commandments of God. Yet, so many Christians think that it's okay to do that. And it isn't. Because you see, remember how we started this message out? How can you prove that you love Jesus? By what? Keeping his commandments. Well, how do you prove that you have faith in Jesus? By what? Keeping his commandments. Look at James 2.18. Look at James 2.18. We'll read this in the New Living Translation. James 2.18. And he says, some may argue, and they'll say, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? And then James says, I'll show you my faith by my good deeds or by keeping God's commandments. What is James telling us here? He's telling us that if you really have faith in Jesus, if you really have faith in him, you will be what? Keeping God's commandments. Do you see that? Christians who do, and I, and I use that word loosely there, if you find a, a person that says they're a Christian, but you have no evidence whatsoever that they're keeping any of the commandments of the Lord, I question whether or not that person is even saved. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? I mean, if you run up on a person that they say that they have faith in Jesus, but... But they're they're having affairs on their spouse, huh? And 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 I don't mean they just blunder and mess up, but it's just a lifestyle with them. They're committing adultery, or well, here's one taking the name of the Lord in vain. I don't see how a Christian can say GD. I could see where a Christian might slip and blunder. But if, if taking the name of the Lord in vain, continuously, huh? Ah, Jesus Christ. How can a person say that if they're saved? Huh? I mean, in that tone, in that, huh? Like that? Now, I did that to show you a, huh? Come on now. That's taking the name of the Lord. In vain. Oh, Jesus. Come on now. That's a holy name. A name above all names, right? 
What about a Christian? Or I say Christian. A person's lying all the time. And they say they're a Christian. Now, has anybody ever slipped and told a lie since they've been saved? Besides me, I hate to admit it. Hmm? Back years ago, I probably did that. But when I did it, guess what happened right here? Oh! Huh? Huh? Yes or no? Oh! And then you need to repent, which I did. Ask the Lord to forgive me, and he did. It's not, and you don't, it's not something you take lightly. It, bu- it bugs you. Huh? Come on now. Yes or no? You cannot separate faith in Christ from keeping his commandments. Keeping his commandments is the one thing that proves that you have faith in him. Look at Luke 1.5. Look at Luke 1.5. Interesting, we hardly ever turn to this verse. This first time I think I've, now I've read this at Christmas time, probably somewhere along the way, but Luke 1 verses 5 and 6, hardly ever talk about these people. Does anybody remember who John the Baptist's parents were? Elizabeth and Zacharias. Look at Luke 1 verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. And you read on down in that verse, talks about his wife Elizabeth. Now look at verse 6. This is talking about Zacharias and Elizabeth. Parents of John the Baptist. They were both, what were they before God? They were both righteous before God. Now watch this. Walking in all the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord blameless. Now, let me ask you a question. Why were they righteous? Were they righteous because they walked in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless? Is that why they were righteous? That's not why they were righteous. They were not righteous because they kept the commandments. They kept the commandments because they were righteous. He said, well, how did they, how, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 how, how, how did they get righteous? They got righteous the same way Abraham got righteous. You remember Abraham, I could take an hour and teach on this, but remember, remember Abraham? Abraham did not, as you read, you could read about this in the, in the fourth chapter of Romans, it wasn't by the works he did, the Bible says he believed God and it was what? Accounted to him for righteousness. Yes or no? So, and did you know everybody from Adam and Eve all the way down to the present hour? Do you know how everybody that has ever gotten righteous has gotten righteous? By faith in Jesus Christ. Old Testament and New, period. Did you get that? Now, if you read verse 6 not knowing what the rest of the Bible, you'd think that these people were righteous because they kept the commandments. No, they kept the commandments because they were righteous. Now, how did they get righteous? Is it clear that these two people believed in the Lord? Yes or no? I think it's very clear. Why do you think God used them to birth John the Baptist? But you see, because they were righteous, are you getting anything out of this today? Am I putting you to sleep? This is just good Bible meat and potatoes here this morning. Because they were righteous, they what? Kept the 
commandments. If you look at 1 Corinthians 7.19, if you look at 1 Corinthians 7.19, Paul's talking and he's saying some things about circumcision and uncircumcision and things of the law and whatnot. But, but get, the, get the last part of this verse. He says, but he says, circumcision is nothing, uncircumcision is nothing. Here's what he says, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Say that real loud. Keeping the commandments of God is what matters. And friends, it does matter whether or not we keep the commandments. Not because it saves us or helps saves us, but because... It proves that we are righteous. Correct? And I just feel impressed to say it again. Such a, such, a, such a problem here in the United States with Christianity is, well, we got faith in Jesus, but we're going to live like the devil. We're going to talk like the devil. We're going to act like the devil. How many of you know that two and two doesn't get me to four on that, does it you? How many of you know there ought to be something different about us Christians than the world? Is that right? Christians keep the commandments of God. Look at Matthew 19, verse 16. I want to talk to you about the rich young ruler real quick. Matthew 19, 16. You getting anything out of this? It's interesting if nothing else. Now look at Matthew 19, verse 16. Behold, one came to Jesus and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing that I sh- shall I do that I, may in- that I may have eternal life? That's a good question, isn't it? He said, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Jesus said to this young man, he said, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now you gotta hang with me here. Cause it's gonna sound like Jesus is saying something to this man that he isn't really saying. Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. That's very important. We're going to come back to that. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, and notice what Jesus starts doing. He quotes him a list from the Ten Commandments. You shall not murder. You'll not commit adultery. You'll not steal. You'll not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. You'll love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I've kept from my youth, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had what? Great possessions. This young man came to Jesus and this young man was lost on his way to hell. He wanted to know what he had to do to inherit eternal life. Jesus was trying to get this guy saved. And Jesus failed in getting this guy saved. And Luke's gospel account said Jesus was very sorrowful as the young man walked away. 
Do you think Jesus knew that keeping the command, the commandments can't save anyone? Do you think he knew that? I, I think Jesus, being God, knew that. First of all, what did this young man call Jesus? Did he call him Lord? Did he call him Master? Did he call him uh, Son of David? Did he, or did he call him just a good teacher? If you just see Jesus as a good teacher, that's not enough. Did you hear me? You have to see Jesus as very God. And the first thing Jesus was trying to get this young man to see is that if you're going to be saved, you've got to see Jesus as more than just a good teacher. Now, was Jesus a good teacher? But he's more than that. He's very God. So this is the first thing Jesus was trying to get this young man to see. And he wasn't able to get him to see it. The young man was blinded by something. What what was he blinded by? His possessions. And second of all, did you ever notice this? Jesus listed some commandments. And this young man said, well, I've kept all these. But when Jesus said to him, go sell what you have and give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven, come follow me. The young man was sorrowful and went away from him. Do you know what Jesus was trying to get this young man to see when Jesus was... See, if you, if you don't re- read it closely, you'll, you'll think Jesus is telling him to keep all the commandments and you'll be saved. Jesus was trying to get this guy to see that he'd kept some of the commandments, all right, but he hadn't even kept the very first one. Which is, you will have no other gods before me and did this young man have another god before jesus it would be money in his possessions is that right and if you're guilty in one you're uh, one commandment you miss one you're guilty of what all of them you see what jesus was trying to do is get this guy to see that keeping the commandments as good as they are can't save you you need to see jesus as more than a good teacher but alas this young man couldn't see that And his money, nothing wrong with having possessions and money, but it's wrong when they have you. You know how you know when they have you? When you can't turn loose of them at the direction of the Lord. Did this young man have the direction of the Lord to go sell everything? Yes or no? He couldn't do it. Now, if a man tells you to turn something loose or some preacher is trying to get money out of you, that's, that's not what we're talking about. If the Lord says turn it loose and you can't turn it loose, then money's got you. Now, just a few minutes I have left, very quickly, let's go to Matthew 22, verse 35. We're looking at the commandments of God through the eyes of Jesus in the New Testament. Just a few more things here, very quickly. Matthew 22, verse 35. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question, testing him and said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now look at what he says in verse 40. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What did Jesus just say? We read the Ten Commandments to start today, right? But now Jesus has narrowed the ten down to two. Love God first. And then what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Did you know if you keep those two commandments, you'll you'll keep all the rest of them automatically? Did you know that? Did you know that? 
And then look at John 13, 34. John 13, 34. Jesus says, at another time, he says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, notice, by this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. So now, really, what Jesus has done when he says a new commandment here, what he's really saying here is he's narrowing, I mean, is it easier to remember one thing or two things? And is it easier to remember one thing or ten things? And, and as you read the Bible, we talk about the Ten Commandments, but really there were more than that in the Old Testament and, and many things in the New Testament. But if you, is it easier to remember a bunch of things or one thing? And what Jesus is saying here when he says a new commandment, he's really saying this. There's only one thing you have to remember concerning the commandments of God, and it's this, love one another. Real loud say love one another. Love one another. If you love and walk in love, you're going to automatically keep all the commandments. Now that's pretty easy, isn't it? He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this, notice, by this, you ought to underline that, by this all will know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. Remember, keeping the commandments is what proves that you have faith in Jesus. And so, you can't separate keeping the commands from faith in Jesus. So if you see a somebody that calls himself a Christian, how can you tell if they're really a Christian How can you tell if they're really a disciple of the Lord? If they're walking in love. And that's the God kind of love. Look at John 15, 12. Jesus said, this is my commandment. We're talking about God speaking here, Jesus. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Boy, if we just all walk in love, how much better things would go. Wouldn't this country be a lot better if you could get the Democrats and the Republicans all saved and get them all walking in love? Wouldn't that be something? Look at 1 John. Go there because we're going to close over here in 1 John here. Just read some things very quickly. Look at 1 John chapter 2 verse 3. Now by this we know that we, now by this we know that we know him. How can we tell whether or not you know Jesus? How can we tell whether or not you know Jesus? How can we tell whether or not you're going to heaven? How can we tell? How can we, what's the proof of it? By, and notice what he says. Now by this we know that we know him if we what? He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a what? And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word or keeps his commandments, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Do you see how keeping the commandments of God, and what's the one commandment that you have to remember? Walk in. How can we tell if you're really saved? What's the proof of it? Do we see the love of God about you? See, if you're walking in love, you're not going to put anything before God. Is that right? If you're walking in love, you're not going to take the name of the Lord in vain. If you're walking in love, you're going to, 
you're going to honor the Sabbath. You're going you're, you're to want to come to church. Is that right? You're going to honor your father and your mother. If you're walking in love, you'll love your father and mother and you'll honor them. If you're walking in love, you're, if you love me, you're sure not going to kill me. Is that right? If you're walking in love, you're, you're sure not going to have an affair with my wife. Is that right? If she's walking in love, she's not going to have an affair with you. Is that right? See how it would take all the infidelity out if everybody walked in love. You're sure not going to steal from me if you love me. You're sure not going to lie about me if you love me. Is that right? You're not going to covet what I have if you love me. You're going to be glad I have it. Is that right? You see how walking in love, you fulfill all the commandments automatically. And if you're not walking in love, there's no proof that you even know the Lord. Look at 1 John 4, 21. 1 John 4, 21. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. You know, it's real easy to say, well, I love God. Have you, have you ever seen anybody say, I love God, but they treat people like trash? How many ever seen somebody, oh, I love you, Lord, I love you, but then they go out of church and they treat people like trash? Is How can you love I mean, how, how can you act that way? What does the scripture say? How can we, I can't get quite quoted, just how can you, lo, how can you, how, 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 can, how, how does it go? How, how can you love somebody? Say that again. How can you love God who you haven't seen if you can't love somebody that you have seen? That's in the Bible, isn't it? I bet somebody could find that for me real quick. One of you Bible scholars. How can you love God who you haven't seen if you can't love this person over here who you have seen? Be watchful of people who say they love God but treat people like trash. If you can't treat people right, you sure aren't going to be treating God right. Look at 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God that we keep his what? Commandments. Listen, do keeping the commandments, does it matter if we keep the commandments? It matters. And notice his commandments are not burdensome. Did you know that God's commandments are not burdensome? They're not, what does that mean? They're not put there, they're not put there to make our life miserable. Really, God's commandments are put there to free us up. If you think God's commandments are, are just a bunch of thou shalt nots, you don't understand the commandments. His command, when God says thou shalt not, do you know why he says that? He says that because if you do the thing that he said thou shalt not do, that thing will ultimately kill you. Did you know that? So don't ever look at the thou shalt nots as a bunch of rules and regulations to make your life miserable. No, they're there to keep you free. His commandments are not burdensome. Look at 2 John. There's only one chapter. Look at 2 John. One chapter. Look at verse 6. I'm going to read this in the NIV. It'll be on the screen. We've got this one and one more and we're done. And this is love. That we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. But I want it, I don't want it in that. I want it in the NIV. 
You're going to write, have to write sentences, Bonnie. And the, no, you're doing, you're doing great. And this is love, that, you, that we should walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you what? That's easy enough to remember, isn't it? And then the last one, and I saved this one for last because it best illustrates what, what I want you to get out of this. 1 John 3, verses 22 to 24. Let's go 1 John 3. Let's read this here. Look at this. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Why? Because we keep his commandments. Well, let me ask you this. Will keeping the commandments affect your prayer life? Just said it right there. If you're not keeping his commandments, you can't really expect to receive anything from him in prayer. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commands and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Next verse. And this, now watch this. And we'll close right here. We'll just stop right here. This is his commandment. Now, what is his commandment? This sums up everything I wanted you to get today. This is his commandment that we should what? Believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, does that get you to heaven, that first part there? Yes. And love one another as he gave us commandment do you see that one verse sums up everything the holy ghost wanted you to get out of church today i went through everything i went through you see to get to that one verse and that one verse sums up the whole message this is god's commandment that we should believe on the name of his son jesus christ that gets you to heaven and love one another right there as he gave us commandment you love one another that fulfills all the law, all the prophets, it fulfills all the Ten Commandments. It fills every commandment that God has ever given. If you'll love, have love for one another and walk in love. So believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. That puts you in heaven. And then you walk in love. That proves that you're saved and you fulfill all the commandments. And that's well-pleasing to God. Can you say amen? amen. Let's stand and read that together. Let's read it together. Let's go. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now, let's read it one more time. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now, we're going to read it one last time. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now, bow your heads with me, if you would. If you're here today, now listen carefully. There'll be some men and women standing up here. Now listen. Now listen carefully. If you're here today and you have never 